two things happened on Monday. One of them is I flew back from Southern California to Washington, D.C., and the other was an Apple event. Uh, it turns out, though, that the way time zones worked, I, in theory, could have been watching the event live. I didn't. Um, I, and and I, it's very much in theory because my father-in-law's internet is real bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think I talked him into some Eros by the end of our visit, though. Our, our my husband's and we're, we're, our like constant barrage of complaining, like may have gotten the job done because it's like a single ancient AT and T supplied, you know, the Wi Fi that's built into the modem from like five years ago situation, and it's real bad. But uh, so I, I was mostly keeping up with it on Twitter um, to the extent that's possible. I never appreciated, and I've definitely done this too, um, how <laughs> if you're just reading the tweets and not seeing the event, like without a lot of people tweet like contextless <laughs> and it makes no sense. So you're like, okay, something about Apple Pay, but what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I actually, I watched most of it this afternoon, although I fast forwarded through a lot of it. Yeah, there wasn't much to... Yeah, most of the stuff that I find really exciting, uh, which is, for whatever reason, opportunities to spend a lot of money, <laughs> <laughs> kind of trickled out um, over the course of, like, what, was it just one week or a couple of weeks? Anyway, It was just last Monday through Wednesday. Right. Which is funny because Wednesday is the day that I left. It's like they they put uh, they put it on pause. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> While I came, uh, I have not yet ordered the uh, iPad Mini for which I get one out of a possible two points. Because <laughs> um, of course they went with the pencil one. Sure, let's just keep around two pencils forever that look almost but not quite the same but don't work, like, there's no cross-compatibility. Sure. Good job. Yeah. So the main differences in what we predicted for the month's announcements in terms of hardware were that you bet twice on Pencil 2. Um, <laughs> I bet on the Pencil 1 for new iPads. I bet there would be a size that wasn't 9.7 inches. And um, we bet in opposite directions on if any uh, MacBooks would get updated. But by the end of the first week, or like the just the iPad updates made it mathematically impossible for you to win, even with the MacBook <laughs> situation turning out 100% in your favor. Yeah, we didn't really <laughs> get any um, MacBook news. We got an iMac. Um, yeah, with a, yeah, with a shameful platter drive still in it. Jesus, I can't believe they're still sticking with that. Yeah. Like, ugh. and it isn't it like fifty four hundred RPM by default or something like that. By only. Oh my goodness! Like, yeah. oh wow. Okay, yeah, wow. I remember when you used to be able to update, upgrade to the seventy two hundred RPM drive if you like knew that fact that yeah. that spinning faster was like an overall speed improvement. And in laptops, it tended to be uh, even more of an issue because those generally, for power-saving reasons, didn't want to have the faster spinny drives in them because, I mean, obviously to make them go faster requires more energy, et cetera, et cetera. Although I really wonder, like, how much difference that was. Uh, a lot, because I replaced really? a, uh, a stock 5400 with a uh, 72 when my original died, and it was noticeable. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Well, fair enough then, except that it, it sucks. Yeah. It sucks to wait for things. I mean, you'll you'll use all your extra battery life waiting for data access. Yeah. But maybe not literally true. Well, but... I mean, because it's an iMac, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just, I mean, we're not going to dwell on this, but it's, I get that they don't have a new iMac design, like for the consumer line with the T2 and everything in it. But it's frustrating that on every other machine they make, they have this embedded flash storage that is literally faster than anything on the market because it's part of the motherboard. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's like RAID 0 straight into the processor. It doesn't even take up any PCI lanes. And, you know, they give you that because, oh, you know, isn't it great how fast this is? Um, and then the next step down from that 
is a 5400 <laughs> RPM, two and a half inch platter drive that is like still measured in like megs per second. Yeah. And like those, so those things are like practically free now. Like they're, it's hard to buy uh, platter drives in 2.5 inches because the price fell out of 2.5 inch SSDs, which although not as fast as Apple's onboard storage are still exponentially faster than <laughs> any spinning disk. Yeah, remember when the uh, the second generation of MacBooks, uh, MacBooks Air didn't have very much RAM at all and we were all assured that it would be fine yeah. because they have such fast SSDs and up to a point that was even true. Yeah, it was fine until they broke Finder. Uh, the <laughs> the uh, 2008 MacBook Pro, I keep marooned on Snow Leopard for um, uh, web testing purposes. Um, and also because it's old hardware. Finder is faster on that than, you know, any of the newer Macs I have. I mean, I don't have anything like from the last year or two, but still that machine, when you open like the applications folder, like it loads quickly yeah you isn't don't that remarkable yeah <laughs> you you open a folder and you like almost immediately see what's inside of it yeah that's bananas um so yeah their imacs are shameful because you know it's uh th and this was a uh, better said on uh the most recent episode of atp but apple shouldn't make any shit computers for their price points and that entry imac with not even the fusion drive, just the spinning disk is a shitty computer. And if someone buys that for $1,100 starting, <sighs> they're getting a machine that, um, according to reports, literally beats walls when you open system preferences. And you know what? Because they're a low-end buyer, like that's their introduction to the Mac. And everyone at the company should be ashamed of that in their lineup. They super should. And they're using a two and a half inch drive. You know what you can put in there? Any SSD. Yeah, literally any of them would be better. Just buy shit. Go down to Fry's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buy out the stock of a retail store. You can keep the price the same and pretty much like still make as much ridiculous profit. I don't know. It's shameful. Like I would w It's you know, it's hard now when somebody's like, "I want a new computer. What should I buy?" and I'm like, "Well, yeah." Like if there is one place I want Apple to use platter hard drives, it's in, you know, an iMac Pro or the future Mac Pro where it has a three and a half inch bay because those things go up to 14 terabytes now mm -hmm. and 16s are already announced. And you could combine that with their onboard storage for, you know, like a good Fusion Drive experience. Right. Because like what you're cashing out to is, you know, enormous, not sizes that SSDs have. <laughs> But I doubt we'll even get that. They'll probably just tell you to, you know, oh, you know, go stick something in a Thunderbolt 3 port. Ugh. Um, so, of course, this event, we didn't uh, expect any hardware. That's why it all dropped last week. We got AirPods 2, which is great because mine are practically dead. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't come in black, which we didn't really, we wished for, but did not hope for. Yes. <laughs> Alas. Air power uh, didn't show up, but the new AirPods are G compatible. Yeah, there was some, like, rumors going around that the air power thing was, like, a trademark dispute, which, if which if true, would be, like, really? Mm. Really? Really, that was the only possible, I mean, A, you know, if you're, it's, it's, it's not, it's so weird for a company like Apple to be hung up on a name like that. First of all, they have more money than God, because yeah. God doesn't have money. Uh, so it seems like they should be able to buy their way out of any such problem. But also, like, I'm pretty sure they should have, like, people who can search and see if the name that they want is already taken, uh, make an opening bid, open negotiations. If that doesn't work out within a month or two. Yeah. Think of something else. And not only that, but um, their handling of air power since it's not released has been extremely sloppy. There have been <laughs> yeah. references to it in the printed materials for the uh, iPhone 10 and the uh, the AirPods 2. <laughs> Jeez. Like people, you know, who've uh, got them today rather than tomorrow, like when mine are supposed to show up. Like air power is like in the manual as like, you know, you could charge it with air power or any G certified <laughs> charging mat. 
And, you know, they never thought to, you know, clean these manuals up and, you know, tell China to print new ones. And I can't tell if, like, the new Apple is just less focused on details because the boxes also say 2018 on them. Mm. Um, Or if, like, they're just still so sure it's going to come out eventually. I don't know. I mean... Could be a little from column A, little from column B. Yeah. Um, so with Apple maybe losing some focus on detail, I'll get to um, what we're going to talk about in the scope of the event and why it's like antitrust concerns part two from last week. Stephen Hackett, who I usually agree with, <laughs> uh, said, think how silly this seems now. Apple should focus on the power back, not this new iPod and iTunes junk. <laughs> uh, some tweets I've seen today will age just as poorly. And I disagree with this because, well, first of all, 2001 was a very different time. Yeah. Uh, and the iPod and, yes, iTunes, iWork, iLife, so much that came out of that era Apple was um, Apple taking the Mac OS and Macintosh philosophy that they've always had in their company's DNA and taking it, you know, just to new product categories that were still computers or, you know, apps. So, I mean, you know, it's all this, it's all relevant anyway. And that philosophy was that um, this maybe isn't the most featured thing in whatever category but it's the easiest to use and it is the most reliable hands down period and generally real pretty yeah (laughs) um you know the ipod wasn't the first mp3 player of course but no um mp3 players back then uh were stuck in the cd player paradigm so you didn't sync playlists to MP3 players. You synced a playlist or maybe a folder, or maybe you literally dropped the files on the uh, storage like an animal. And yeah. you had a uh, display that was a couple of, you know, those uh, seven segment uh, LCD digits. Right, like yield clock. In fact, a lot of really uh, MP3 players were literally CD players in that they played MP3 CDs. Yeah. You know, that was a a poorly timed uh, technology that I think never got to have its day in the sun because 600 megabytes of uh, MP3 compressed music would have been, you know, a lot better, you know, than an hour uncompressed, especially since you were making that hour uncompressed out of 128K MP3s, (laughs) you know, that you uh, found off the back of a truck. Um, Right. (laughs) uh, And after the iPod came out, other disc-based MP3 players came out that were, you know, worse, but, you know, had bigger drives because they were forced to use two and a half inch ones because Apple kind of bought all the 1.8 inch ones. Yeah, those were so cute. I I once took apart a laptop that had one and a couple of of those older iPods and those drives were just adorable. They were so precious. Yeah, the platters were like the size (laughs) of like a like a big coin, like a silver dollar or something they were so cute and it was such i mean so my granted my first ipod was the third generation one with the four buttons above the circle which Mm -hmm. everybody feels is the worst (laughs) the worst ipod design but like i have i have some affection for it i like the way that the buttons lit up (laughs) yeah i like that itunes was the first cromulent mp3 player for the mac after apple got their hands on it you know the uh, its predecessor which they bought to sort of accelerate uh, development was uh, not pretty. Uh, Hmm. And this was the birth of a UA paradigm, uh, UI paradigm that we can't (laughs) uh, shake to this day. So um, in the Windows world, we all knew what Winamp was. It was the way you played MP3s. And the paradigm for Winamp before iTunes came out was you made playlist files, which were dot mp uh, m3u and that what those files were basically just plain text documents that had a list of 
relative file URLs mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, for your MP3s. That was a thing. <laughs> um, and when you wanted to switch playlists, you went to, uh, you know, file open like your music player was a fucking word processor, <laughs> and you browsed your file system and opened the new playlist and started playing it. And what iTunes had was your list of playlists on the left. And the world has been stuck with left-hand navigation ever since. Uh, it, yeah. it came to Finder um, uh, in uh, OS 10.3 Panther. Um, iTunes, of course, came out at the tail end of the classic era and 10.0 era. And, um, you know, it's it leaked into web design and... Now they still use it in Apple News. It It's, you know, and it's just something that's just going to be around forever. It's, I mean, it's not as bad as a hamburger, but it was, <laughs> it's what gave birth well, to hamburgers. I mean, a hamburger is just a hidden left navigation. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a less convenient left navigation. Yeah. <laughs> and a, a different thing about Apple back then, of course, was that, they were fighting for their right to exist. They were, um, you know, days from bankruptcy. They spent their last dollar on acquiring Next, mostly so they could get jobs, but really they were getting mm -hmm. OS ten after, like, 14 failed attempts to rewrite uh, Mac OS based on other things. Yeah. <laughs> Which meant their programming API had to change because... You know, they're not going to use the classic Mac toolbox on OS X. And there was a legitimate concern that Microsoft and Adobe just would not be on board, period. And I think at least one of them said they wouldn't um, write their apps in Cocoa, which was the next API, which we still use today. Um and that's why Carbon happened, which was the supposed to be transitional API where you could uh, write in C and C++ and things would work the same in Classic and in OS X. And, you know... You know, ish. Yeah. And <laughs> you, you, you could tell when you used a Carbon app uh, which operating system the developer preferred because it would look... <laughs> right only in one of them and the mac you know back then held on at all because of uh its enthusiastic base which was mostly graphic artists so adobe not coming over was not not reasonable it, right. it, it's not something apple could have uh, could afford to happen back then so to hedge against however long it would take adobe to get things over even if they would do them at all and ditto office they started uh buying and writing their own stuff and coming up with their own strategies and that's how we got uh final cut pro for example because you know i assume somewhere along the negotiations adobe was like well We'll give you Photoshop, all right? Our Photoshop market share is 50-50, even, you know, with the Mac as small as it is now. So, yeah, we'll give you Photoshop. But, you know, don't even think about asking for Premiere. So Apple bought Final Cut. And hmm. um, from, uh, incidentally, Macromedia, <laughs> which Adobe <laughs> would then later require, uh, acquire the remains. That's sort of ironic. And Final Cut it, uh, happened to be you know, besides the iPod, what carried Apple through the early Audis because it was just so much better of an editor than Premiere that, like, I'm sure Macromedia feels stupid for selling it. Uh, <laughs> it took Hollywood by storm and it became a thing that studios would buy Power Max to run Final Cut because it was a platform exclusive, obviously. And, you know, it was just a thing. Uh, Apple also bought Logic at the time, which was formerly cross-platform and only kept working on the macOS version. And that was a goodbye, too, because, uh, you know, music production was another industry that was already Mac loyal. You know, so, you know, I grew up in the uh, music industry in that I, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> without going into details, you didn't see PCs anywhere. 
you saw, you know, a bunch of beige Macs running a bunch of software that was only on them. And usually a lot of like stuff that worked on like SEs because like the tools <laughs> were great back then. And, you know, musicians don't like upgrading stuff. Right. Also, SEs are adorable. Yeah. They're such so one of these days. I'm going to get one, another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So back then, all these things were Apple clinging to life, starting from, in the case of Final Cut, obviously 0% market share, while they had 4% market share of the, you know, desktops, period. And even in industries, you know, that were very Mac loyal, they were still probably around half at best because the artists would get to use their Macs, but, you know, there'd still be some pizza box Dell on, you know, the reception's desks or, you know. Right. Just... You had to be special to have a Mac. Yeah. So even if they were in 50-50 a number of units, they were at least, you know, 50-50 on dollars spent. Right. Other than their uh, credit card today, uh, or yesterday, yeah. Two days ago when you hear this. <laughs> Monday. <Whenever>. Monday. <laughs> the 25th. <laughs> uh, the only thing where Apple isn't um, punching up at someone bigger than them is the credit card. Because, you know, of course, banks are the biggest thing in the world. Right. You know, and they... Fuck banks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's, it's funny that their partner is Goldman Sachs. Oh, my God. But... Yeah. So, fun fact for anyone who... Um, lives outside of the Northeast, but endured the uh, 2016 presidential primary. Goldman Sachs gave the world Chris Christie because um, he got elected instead of uh, New Jersey's governor Corzine getting reelected because he had ties to Goldman Sachs. And this was 2009. Right. Which you might have heard was a bad year for various banks. And you heard Goldman Sachs a lot. Yeah, they got very golden parachuted and were very hated. Um, but I guess 10 years is enough to heal. And <laughs> the only thing I didn't like out of the presentation for the credit card was they said that um, Goldman would never use your data or Goldman would never sell your purchase history or something like that. And hmm, that's not quite the same thing. It was, yeah, like it wasn't phrased like, you know, that like Apple wouldn't even give it to them. The, the point was there was like some trust implied and I would prefer that layer not to be there. Yeah, I mean, it's still going to be better than other credit cards. Yeah. And I want one. I want it. <laughs> yeah, like I want the I, physical object. It looks. I want yeah. that titanium card. I would yeah. get one even if I never was going to use it, but I probably would. Like I could switch from one of my other cards to that, and it would be probably better on balance, especially if I bought anything from Apple because everything from Apple costs thousands of dollars now, and you get all that sweet sweet cash back. That three percent. It's as good as my uh, Amazon Visa card. Which gets me, although the no, that's not true. Actually, I get 5% back on most Amazon purchases. Yeah, but again, this this is the only thing comparable to Apple. Well, like what we love about Apple, which is they introduce something that doesn't have the best uh, um, or, you know, the most exhaustive feature set. And yeah, there are MP3 players out there with more than five gigs of storage in 2001. Mm -hmm. But this is the pretty one, and it's the one well, with features that, you know, we would maybe prefer in lieu of that, or at least appreciate the trade-off. I really liked my pink Zoom, but the software was the worst. You're never, you know, like, you think, never. You, you'd think I would be the one reminding <laughs> our listeners that you had a Zoom, but no, no, you're willing to bring it up. I loved my Zoom. It was so pretty. Somebody stole it when they broke into my house. I was really sad. Um, yeah. The, the t I don't know. It's it's interesting. Uh, like, the whole the magazines thing. Like, I guess Tim Cook really likes magazines. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I haven't really... And it's true that, like, so one of the reasons... Well, there are two main reasons why I don't have a bunch of magazine subscriptions. I briefly had several in college, 
But A, it was indeed expensive. They said if you subscribe to all that content, you would get, you'd pay $8,000 a year. And yeah, okay. Um, and also it's physical objects that fill up your house. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's an interesting bet on magazines. Um, I don't think it's a bet. I think this is more of an other shoe has yet to drop on it kind of thing where like, you know, paying $10 a month for this, yeah, maybe some people will do it. But uh, in the fall, if they say all of this crap has a bundled price, then that will be a, a more different um, yeah. value proposition. It's true that if I got the game service and the magazine service and the news service and the Apple Music, which I already pay $9.99 a month for, for like $25... Like, that would be a decent value proposition for me. I would probably go for that. Because uh, I absolutely don't think that I would subscribe to all of those individually. Right. And, of course, uh, Amazon doesn't let you piecemeal out the things you never use from Prime. So it's not without precedent. Yeah, but I kind of don't really care about that because the free two-day shipping is exactly is so, is so good. Like... Sure, throw in all the other shit, charge me a little bit more every year, whatevs, give me that free two-day shipping. Sometimes one day. Yeah, <laughs> sames. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some interesting uh, update on the magazine things that has uh, come out. So Apple has, as usual, some format you can push a feed to and it will do the nice thing and flow onto iPhones properly and stuff. Or you can lazily shit out a PDF to it. Um, well, it turns out those PDFs don't have any DRM on them. Ooh. And they're just sort of in a container sitting on your Mac somewhere. And uh, yeah, uh, let, let's just say you can already get every one. <laughs> well, that's their punishment for doing the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the newspaper thing is a little more interesting because, um, newspapers kind of need money. They do. Uh, and you know, if Apple can save journalism, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> that would actually be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, you know, if, if Amazon, well, I guess Amazon kind of is trying to, well, Jeff Bezos is in that he bought the Washington Post, uh, and doesn't really care that much if it makes a profit. Yeah, like, didn't include it in this. Well, I mean, is that altogether surprising? Amazon and Apple still aren't besties, although they're better friends than they used to be. Yeah, and I think um, the Wall Street Journal's prominence in the presentation and the fact that I think you could pay more than 10 bucks a month for just the journal, depending on physical or not or whatever is pretty strong um well strong arming <laughs> in mm -hmm. negotiations but again it's uh it's potentially punching down because you know apple's not doing this as a charity and you know they're not each getting ten dollars a month per person <laughs> well no yeah and they would certainly like the $10 per person. But it is certainly true that the Wall Street Journal is currently getting zero of my dollars. And if they got five of my cents, that would be an improvement for them. Yeah. Um, and the uh, other people they're punching down at is Hollywood. And that might seem strange to someone, you know, oh, is, you know, isn't the movies industry, you know, whatever size a year and like whatever number you think that is or it turns out to be. Um, Apple probably has a division that makes more revenue than that. <laughs> They've been trying for the last 10 years to put together, you know, skinny bundles or some sort of uh, content subscription service, you know, for back catalog stuff or whatever to no avail because Hollywood uh, wrongfully thinks that uh, music revenue somehow went down because of iTunes, even though it saved it from drying up entirely from you know, piracy. Yeah, that's such a weird position because before I before iTunes, I would pirate literally everything. But iTunes made it so easy to buy music and so predictable, like you knew what the cost was going to be. 
of every pretty much every album and or every song every individual track you wanted like that it was just like it was just handy to use yeah. itunes so i bought so much more music after i got well especially after i got an iphone when i didn't have to like plug something into a computer to put music onto it yeah and to uh bring this back to spotify uh discussion last week um mm. streaming is what's killing music yeah because streaming pays nothing right the difference between netflix original content netflix uh back catalog content like you know uh shows from the 80s um and you know apple's original content which we'll get to is that these are paid for by who's ever publishing them with their exclusive rights the case is not so for streaming services. Music is just sort of one bucket with the labels and the artists have their own poorly negotiated deals with the labels and the labels have their own poorly negotiated deals with streaming services. <laughs> and the result is just a couple people in the middle are the only ones making money. Incidentally, the labels, interesting how that occurred. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's not Spotify. It's not Apple. <laughs> Right. And it's not the musicians. Oh, by no means. Right. Uh, Apple used, you know, their dump truck of money and <laughs> they buy out Spielberg and Oprah, who are fairly enormous names in the uh, <laughs> yeah, content <if> industry. <laughs> usually you've heard of one or the other of them, if not both. Yeah. And Spielberg famously has been old manning yells at cloud about <laughs> uh like netflix original movies being eligible for oscars you know because he doesn't like what the medium's turning into but you know i guess doing this content for apple he sees it you know like well tv is right in the name you know he's not uh, he's not making movies for them <laughs> so this, I, so this is like emmys or whatever that's so weird yeah if it's long it's a movie if it's short, <laughs> like the whole theater thing, I don't know. I, I can't, I don't know if theaters are going to be a thing forever. Like, I don't want to go to a theater hardly ever. It's sticky and cold and or hot and farting. Like. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure like a random episode of like Breaking Bad or The Walking Dead, not even going up to Game of Thrones, um, costs more than like the average rom-com. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the production quality of television nowadays is amazing. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing, my TV is always in focus, which you can't necessarily say about the uh, projectors in theaters. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of at a bad point technologically for theaters <laughs> as well. We can make screens that big, but they're not paying for them because... Um, another place where only the middleman makes money, uh, is the movie industry where theaters charge you $10 for popcorn because, <laughs> um, they don't make any money per ticket sale. Even with the tickets being like, the like $14, yeah. <laughs> right. Like they I don't, bet. they don't set that rate and they don't have a markup on it. No. So they really need you to buy 50 bucks worth of candy. Yeah. So just keep that in mind, you know, whenever you're sneaking things in there. I usually try to, you know, balance it out a little. <laughs> yeah, but like if you have food sensitivities and stuff, there's really like no way around it. You just have to be a movie leech. Yeah, so I, I usually, um, I buy their biggest soda. You know, that, yeah. that's how I throw them a bone and then take my um, snacks <laughs> out of my pockets. Right. You buy a bucket of soda from them. Yeah. And what's nice about new theaters is it, they're self-service because they have those crazy Coke machines. Um, oh, I love those. The uh, ridiculous yeah. Coke machines where you yeah. can pick your combinations of flavors if you so desire, which means that I can put, you know, not 70% ice in it if I so choose. Right. And you can get a lime Coke. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, by the way, I recommend. Yeah. I also recommend an orange Coke. Uh, but moving on. Yeah. <laughs> uh coca-cola freestyle machines that's what they're called yeah my brain was trying to think of it and it took that long um but anyway away from soda not relevant <laughs> uh 
so yeah, you know, there's there's a little bit of vengeance in this, uh, and there's a, a little bit of you know, like, well, I mean, if Spielberg's working on this for us, what are you going to use him for? Oh, that's right, nothing. He's busy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The whole, it's that whole thing. I don't know. I don't, I'll. I guess we'll see how that goes. I mean, because Spielberg isn't a one hundred percent hit maker. No, he uh, is not. <laughs> <laughs> neither. Neither is Oprah. Even though both of them are very expensive. Um, also, like, it would be really cool if, like, Apple TV became the place to. F- you know, like how we have awesome indie games like Alto's Adventure. <laughs> Like the Alta's adventure, like like creators of color telling stories that haven't been told before, you know. Yeah, that sort my of thing. My hope with Apple Music and with the TV service that, of course, never panned out was that they would, um, they would eventually move it to the App Store model, where you know you just fill out a ten ninety nine with us, agree to these guidelines that will yank your stuff if you violate, and you know go ahead, you're in, 70-30 split. And, you know, that would still be phenomenally better than what the record label is offering you because it was probably either upfront or it's like 10%. And they never did. And, like, that's kind of unfortunate because, you know, I would love to, you know, actually submit the random pieces of music I come up with and get, you know, two sales a year on it but i can't like go through a label you know like that's right it's not feasible it would be so amazing if we could have more indie stuff like truly truly indie stuff on itunes like there i have bought shit on Bandcamp. i hate that yeah you can play like because there's no easy way to get that i don't know i mean i guess if i hook it up to a computer exactly i can get it into apple music which is where i ultimately want it to be because that's the default music player on my phone and my phone is where my music comes from exactly like that's why it sucks (laughs) (laughs) like it's split between Bandcamp and like soundcloud and whatever the hell else nonsense cd baby uh no but not in my case but yeah that's another example (laughs) it and and like it's it's a little it's a little weird. Maybe the labels don't. I mean, it wouldn't be surprising if the labels would refuse to work with Apple if they allowed that. Because I don't know, they want to keep their stuff being the only stuff hmm. and get. But I don't know. <sighs> yeah. So that gets us to um, the elephant in the room and um, our like second or third consecutive this is not an unconsolable episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah the game stuff i'm still uh so one thing that i was really uh i thought was really cool was that beck salzman of um finji was a big part of that little video thingy that they did for the game service the overland I'm in, I uh, paid for early access and I played it a little bit. I'm super terrible at it, but it's a really neat game. And Finji puts out some real quality shit. So it would be awesome if like all of their shit came to like all of the things via Apple games. Uh, I guess we'll see. (laughs) I guess we'll see. Yeah. So uh, the downside of this is that um, although it's not invitation only, um, it is much more curated than the App Store exists right now in that the form that an arbitrary developer can uh, sign right now is to tell them about a currently unreleased project. Mm. Maybe if they're interested, they'll like it. And that's kind of, you know, like the same problems with like requesting an App Store feature. It's sort of a black hole and like it doesn't give you the opportunity of like you know like i'm not asking you for funding i'm not asking you for the feature you know like i would just want to be part of the service that's not there yet uh maybe there's more of the story at wwdc we'll see um one thing i like that i would actually like to see broader in the app store because you know apple has in there that they can change the rules on you whenever you want and uh, you know, you have to renew every year and agree to new rules so they could just do this at any moment, is all games in the streaming service, at least, 
will have to be cross-platform across all of their platforms and support iCloud for progress saving and work offline. Uh, well, also they have to be platforms exclusive for the uh, streaming thing. Right, which is a little awkward. But for the rest of that, those would be pretty good. Um, if not App Store requirements for games, then at the very least requirements to get in their fucking features section. Yeah, that would be nifty. <laughs> like, care about the user experience? I don't know. A bunch of those games that they included as, you know, the shining examples of paid up front games uh, do not do that stuff already. You know, they don't support iCloud. They, you know, either do some local file saving or some nonsense with their own thing or um, built-in Unity crap. And, hmm. um, you know, it would be great if that wasn't the case. And they're also slow to support new size classes for new devices. So black bars on your iPhone 10 still. Um, mm. A blown up 1024 by 768, that 2X experience on <laughs> any iPad you're using, regardless of its actual resolution. Um, and black bars on the uh, curvy ones. I get that even, you know, being featured isn't guaranteed millions, but it's kind of insulting to someone who could never hope to achieve success to at least be a good platform citizen and be treated worse than someone who's like, you know, like, oh, well, we got that feature back in September, you know, but fuck new users. I don't care if you bought a new mm -hmm. iPhone. You, you you can figure out what games I'm calling out specifically because, you know, <laughs> they're very popular and I'm sure you've seen the black bars on them. Yeah, gaming on I it's it's been the case for 10 years and it's still the case that gaming on iOS is such a weird place. Like, yeah. There was one good year of it, 2014. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm like that was the heyday. And most importantly, since this service is for all intents and purposes um invitation only even though, you know, you can <laughs> put your name on a list and hope it doesn't get thrown into a garbage can. Right. It does nothing to disincentivize uh, predatory IAP and ad-based gaming. And in fact, by sort of admitting that paid up front is dead without the service, which is true, not Apple's fault. Yeah. That's just kind yeah. of a thing you have to deal with people. Um the fact that they're still not disincentivizing the shittier models just sort of actually incentivizes them harder because now they're basically saying the only ways you can make money are to be in our walled garden in the walled garden or <laughs> by being a scumbag. Yeah, which is not really what we're hoping for. Right. Like we talked about last week how... I think Apple needs to find a way, you know, like they mentioned privacy, like enough times to make a drinking game out of it in the presentation right? that they're not doing enough to disincentivize developers to put third party ad networks in their apps. That's bunches of them sometimes. Yeah. Or, you know, like we mentioned weather apps that, you know, maybe don't show an ad, but just, you know, sell your location data. Yeah. Or like your all this pill stuff, reminders and everything. All this stuff is ostensibly antithetical to, to Apple, and yet <laughs> they yeah. really aren't making they aren't doing anything to make it stop. Like you know how there aren't like free songs in iTunes that you can download, but you have to like fill out a survey first or whatever? It might actually be okay if all games cost like had to cost at least ninety-nine cents, and if you were not capable of producing something that somebody would pay 99 cents for, then maybe you should do something else. Right. Go work at a bank or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, I and so I've definitely played free games that I would have paid 99 cents for. Uh, in fact, <laughs> there are free games that I've paid way over 99 cents for. Mm. Um, but it would be really nice if, like, I, you know, did that 
if I could do that and not have ads and not have the game selling me out some way. Yeah. At least on Apple, it asks you, like a game will ask if it can use your location, which would be like, <laughs> what? Absolutely not. Unless it's an obvious thing like like uh, uh, Pokemon Go or whatever. Right. And uh, I will point out that Pokemon Go does work um, without like the AR turned on as well. It's not as good, but it's still a thing that works. And that's, you know, interesting because they're they're not even monetizing your data and they still let you turn that stuff on. You know, it's a it's a common fallacy among people to say that you know ad supported stuff is great, you know, because it's free for me. If you're the person that wouldn't pay for a service either monthly or upfront for content, serving ads to you isn't a revenue generator either because as we discussed last episode Ads don't pay out unless you tap through and buy the thing anymore. Right? And most game ad most ads in games are for games. And if yeah. you're not the kind of person who, like I've certainly never bought a game after tapping on an ad. Uh even on the rare occasion usually it's accidental. <laughs> yeah. When I tap on an ad trying to like find the clothes thing, but like I would happily actually pay for games. Right. Please. So like the the people, you know, that um can't afford to pay for things you know they're they're not good people to serve ads to you know you're not making money off of them anyway so you might as well just have a free version of your game that doesn't pester them and um you know sell them out in creepy ways <laughs> yeah i mean this is like remember <laughs> remember when <laughs> we had shareware and like so a lot of them was would be like you could play a little bit of game and then if you paid you know the five dollars or whatever you could have the rest of the game like that's not a bad model because as a little kid like you know that's kind of okay and then if you saved up your lunch money or whatever yeah you you could then buy the full game and like Think about it, Apple. It it promotes saving, <laughs> financial responsibility. Like if if there were a way for people to kind of play games and then like pay for them like later, like for the full. Now, granted, that's a really hard game design challenge. Yeah. Obviously, not, not, I like, mean, not for a level based game, which is the kind yeah. of stuff that would be paid up front anyway. For I mean, infinite games, you know, it's a little different. But for something with actual content to it, it's pretty easy to find where they're. Yeah, but I do like a lot of infinite games. <laughs> uh, so, like, the, uh, th there are two things I would like to see come out of WWDC or the week before, like they did uh, with the subscription stuff, um, in terms of ways the App Store and IAP will be enhanced. One of which is, um, and, like, free trials isn't the right word for it, but... Something that is um, that could be mostly implemented just on the App Store front end where a game can be advertised as $3.99, but you can play the first level because there's still a huge mentality of like free with in-app purchase means, oh, this is one of the scammy games with coins that I have to buy. And if you're doing, you know, a, an episodic type of game where you want people to play the first episode and, you know, it's a couple bucks to unlock the first game or unlock the or unlock, you know, one chapter at a time uh, with a buck, um, it doesn't it, it doesn't fit into that paradigm well because the perception is different. And, you know, this is the kind of thing that could just be a storefront change that they could just find some decent verbiage for this so that, you know, instead of like the words free and with asterisks it could just be like you know 399 with trial or whatever um you know right. th that's for them to work out um on top of yeah, that they have marketing people we're exactly. computer people um but i would like their computer people to uh make the purchasing apis not so terrible because like <laughs> you have to write a lot of boilerplate to do that right now and it oh. would be kind of nice to be like you know like if you could like set up the thing in iTunes Connect, you know, this is an app that is uh, free with limited functionality with a single IAP unlock and handle that way easier in code than it is now. 
so, you know, that would be fantastic if they could do that because it, it's a, it's a bit of a dumpster fire dealing with in-app purchases right now. Yeah. I've never done it, but that seems like the wrong way for yeah, things no, you, to be. You have to have, you know, like giant helper classes. Ugh, yucky. Yeah. And the other thing I'd like them to do would be to uh, realize how subscription services work in the real world, which they clearly do with their own services, which is uh, the subscriptions people want are all you can eat across a company's products. So Adobe started this. Microsoft does it. You don't pay for Photoshop. You pay for Creative Suite. You pay for Office. And as of right now, the subscription per app thing is a very hard sell. And, you know, I don't know how successful people are doing with that. I guess, you know, for something like Overcast, you know, like that's the only well, that's thing. that's a bunch of rich people using it anyway. Yeah. And, you know, it's the only thing Marco's working on and because he can only make one app at a time, apparently. But. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> say, um. Something like in the photography category, which is where I found the only money in the app store <laughs> exists. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe I would like, you know, maybe you give me a buck a year and I don't have to shoehorn features into apps and makes them bloated. I can just keep making smaller, better designed apps that do one thing really, really well. Yeah, that would be nifty. That's one way to keep your UI good is to keep it simple, stupid. Right. So I don't have to, you know, make like my camera app and then like inside of it, you have to, you know, <laughs> filters and crap like as you're going. Be like, you have a hamburger menu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, that takes us around. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're uh, we're kind of frustrated and uh, we'll close with this tweet from Ken Kashenda, who released his book on how he made the original keyboard for iPhone OS. Um, and he says, at its best, Apple makes things possible that weren't possible before. Not sure that any of today's announcements even aimed for that. No, not, no, definitely not. I mean, I guess a credit card whose number couldn't get compromised at the gas station <laughs> is kind of along those lines, but like, not really. Yeah. It's sad that that's the best one. I know. I'm like excited about a financial thing. Yeah. It's like the most exciting thing for me out of this event was that credit card. Oh my God. I'm so old. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see if there are some implications of metal cards that Apple hasn't um, thought of. <laughs> oh, that would be surprising. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, that was that. And uh... enjoy the last hour of your life being gone. Yep. <laughs>